Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it. It's patreon.com slash Nation and enjoy this special free preview. up you guys we are finally back god it's been too long it feels like it's been forever it's only been a month kyle but i look forward to these shows so much and finally it's time for top rope nation classics here on patreon.com ryan drosty no justin joint unfortunately on classics for the second month in a row we missed justin he'll be back but you will get the sexy tones of mr kyle ross with you here tonight kyle Welcome back. As he adjusts his microphone. Well, it would be nice if I put the microphone in front of me. Yes. Well, you were just giving me a tour of your basement off air because you got a lot of new additions. I'm looking at, if you guys are watching us on the video stream here, live on Patreon, he's got a, a wrestling ring behind him now with some old LJN figures. He's he's up in the ante here in the studio. Yeah. Got like uh, three new ones. I forgot to mention, I got Nikolai Volkov, too. Oh, Yes. And you got to have a Nikolai Volkov yeah. in the collection. And that's in addition to S.D. Jones when he was billed from Philadelphia, not uh, Antigua in the West Indies. And also classy Freddie Blassie, who my wife, I'm 90% sure, thought was Bobby Heenan. Because she also bought me a Bobby Heenan t-shirt uh, for yeah. Christmas. Oh, the, oh, really? The homage, nice. the, the homage one, I think. I, I'm sure you've seen it. it. just says brain on it. And it's got his logo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm 90% sure she thought. Fred Blassie was Bobby Heenan. As I told you off air, uh, her words to me were, was, and I quote, I wanted to get you another one of the helper guys because I didn't like how the only one you had was the stereotypical Japanese man. <laughs> I mean, that, uh, by helper guys, right yes, by helper guys, Cammy means manager. And by stereotypical <laughs> Japanese man, she means Mr. Fuji. <laughs> yes. All her heart's in the right place. And, it is. You know, you know it, it seems like Cammy is often buying you wrestling figures. I, I remember one time on the show you were talking about she was out looking at Hasbro's for you and got you a honky-tonk man. No guitar, but a honky-tonk man nonetheless. Yeah. So. And this Fred Blassie has no cane, no Nikolai Volkov has no hat. And again, S.D. Jones was the, the lamer one. <laughs> well, I mean, working. you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kyle, when you, you if you want the accessories on these vintage figures, you got to pay like double, triple now for these. So that's you can, crazy. You can, bl- you can blame uh, Matt Cardona on that one, driving up the hype. Yeah, the re- the old repack report told me something like the SD Jones with the West Antigua, the Antigua, the West Indies gimmick was like it's like three hundred dollars sealed now. Oh, oh yeah, I believe I it. Would, why would someone pay for that? 
some of these are thousands, like multiple thousands of dollars. Yeah. Then again, I can't believe people are paying $500 to see Mandy Rose's nipple. (laughs) A lot of them. Half a million dollars. What the hell are we doing in this country? We don't win anymore, Ryan. <laughs> well, our patrons are going to win because this is going to be an interesting show. I mean, already off to a boy. shocking start. If if the fans and the listeners of this show could see the text messages I was getting from you, we're talking off air. You have to tone it down a little bit with the language, Kyle. <laughs> but when I'm we hot. get to Eric Bischoff in this main event. We are going to have a lot to talk about. Of course, the patrons voted on it. 25th anniversary. Didn't even plan this for our recording date, but it is actually to the day, 25 years since this show, as we record December 28th, 97. It's December 28th, 2022 right now. So I hope everyone had a great holiday season with your friends and family. And yeah, the content from us has been a little bit down lately because we were enjoying time off with our families and everything. But I think this show is going to be worth the wait. And uh, Kyle, we've talked a lot of 1997 on the show recently. I don't think I need to go through like, or or we were having time with our families. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We were having time. Yes. You were sometimes enjoying sometimes your family. (laughs) Sometimes enjoy, but yeah, I love my family too. (laughs) We've talked. We've talked so much. Ninety-seven. I'm not going to go through the sports scene like you normally do. You've all heard it all year. Uh, I will just ask you. We know, like the state of our fandom. We've talked about. We all love ninety-seven pro wrestling. Let me just ask you, Kyle. Did you watch this event live? Do you remember who you watched it with? What were the circumstances oh, yes. of ordering this pay per view? Because most wrestling fans ordered this pay per view. So this show is probably when I realized that wrestling was getting pretty damn popular again. I mean, I already knew it was, but we had had, and I think I've told the stories uh, again when we've previously gone over 1997 shows on classics about, we had a little group that would get together, watch the shows at my buddy Matt's house. He had a scrambler. Statue of Limitations has passed. I think he, he, he's clear now. But there was a massive spike in attendance for this show, like it was just like a small group that would watch like World War Three or Halloween Havoc the previous couple months. But for this show, there were people who came over that lived in his development that like I wasn't even really friends with. They just knew that we were getting the show and they liked wrestling too. It was a huge crowd that was in his basement. Like not as it got bigger for WrestleMania 14, but like this was like randos were coming over to his place. It was, you know, like the pe- last few people filing in the door to sit. Yeah. Except the floor. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, re- I remember watching this show pretty fondly. The repack report was in attendance that night. Oh, taking nice. notes. I'm sure, you know, you know, I'm sure <laughs> criticize some odd criticisms of the booking were taking place. Although this is an easy <laughs> show to criticize the booking uh, as yeah. you alluded to. Yeah. I do not believe I have ever been hotter to review a show for classics ever that I am this one. Ooh. I like invasion. I was pretty hot. Yeah. This trumps that it's normally, I apologize for being a little long winded here. I've already had a cocktail, but (laughs) normally I watch these shows well in advance and I Mm -hmm. think, and I overthink them in the days leading up. And that's why these shows get a little long sometimes because I've had days to think about them. This one, I rewatched it this afternoon. 
but I regret to inform you, Mr. Drosty. I've been waiting to do this show and thinking about it for about 25 years. So buckle up and grab your popcorn. (laughs) That is a tease. Welcome to Starcade 1997, where tonight, in a match 18 months in the making, will pit the two biggest stars in the history of professional wrestling in what will go down as the grandest night ever. Over 24,000 fans. All right, so Starcade 97 emanated from the MCI Center in Washington, D.C. It was a pretty new building at the time. Now, the attendance, according to the Observer, was 16,052 paid. Uh, I'm going to just quote the Observer here. I just did it word for word. So, quote, Dave writes, the total in the building was in the 17,500 range, falling slightly short of the company record of 18,003 set for the Nitro in Boston. So that means 16,000 pay, another 1,500 comps. Uh, on the broadcast, Tony Schiavone, using his best monsoonian figures numerous times, <laughs> gave the attendance at 24,000. Even though it was the biggest WCW paid attendance in history, it was not even the biggest of the weekend in North America pro wrestling, as the WWF drew a sellout of 18,304 with 16,620 paid for its December 26th house show at the Rosemont Horizon in suburban Ooh. Chicago, headlined by Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. And they even had the match. So that's that's pretty interesting. The, the WWF had a bigger drawing house show that weekend, attendance-wise. Live event but business was up. it is a big crowd. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, live event business was up for WWF. That was, you know, Meltzer's always talked about while they were getting their ass kicked in the TV ratings, which is what Bischoff loved to talk about. The signs were there of a WWF turnaround, even though, as we yeah. just mentioned, the, the TV may have been a little dire there for a while. Yeah. That was the period, too, where like two WF house shows had to be called early because Michaels was drawing so much heat that like mm-hmm. the crowd was like chucking batteries at him. I know one was in Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That guy was a douche, but I mean, so entertaining. Fucking <laughs> I mean, love 97 shot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, pay per view wise, according to WrestleNomics and their most recent estimates, they've got this show at 700,000 pay per view buys, which was. By far the most WCW ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, their second highest drawing pay-per-view was Bash at the Beach 98. Here's the year-over-year increase. So Starcade 96, the year before, 345. Was, and that was considered a success by all accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they double it here for Starcade 97. As I said, the biggest drawing pay-per-view they would ever have. And they've got, let's see, a gate of $543,000. They did about $162,000 in merch that night. Like I said, it is a big crowd. It's a big building. It looks great on TV. Uh, To open the show, they've got that promo video of Sting, you know, in the empty building as he would walk through, you know, the puddles and everything and doing the whole crow look. And you go live into the arena. There's pyro. <laughs> they zoom in on the ring. It looks like the ring's about to explode. Just this huge <laughs> bang in the middle of the ring. Uh, and uh, yeah, they they <laughs> they mentioned on commentary, two hundred million dollars to build this new arena. Uh, there's WCW wrestlers all over in the crowd. You got Tanay, Shivani, Dusty Rhodes on commentary welcoming us. No and Bobby right Heenan. Away, no, no Bobby Heenan. Which that is a travesty. They talk about the controversy 
about how there's going to be there's all this controversy over who is going to referee Hogan and Sting. So here's your first clue of the chaos to come. They say a name will be drawn later to determine the referee. Um, there's also they announce a press release from the NWO that says Kevin Nash will not be here tonight to face the Giant as was scheduled. They don't know what the deal is. Is this a ploy by the NWO? More on that later. Any thoughts? Ominous way to start the show. Yes. Very ominous. Uh, And let's just say it now, okay? This show is defined by a lack of three things. Leadership. Organization. And motivation. All three of those things point directly to one man, and that's Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. the captain of the ship. And right off the rip, to me, when it's a big show, all the, the pieces need to be in place. Y- you shouldn't be doing these like teases at the top, like, oh, this just in, Kevin Nash may not appear. Spoiler, he doesn't. Uh, oh, this just in, you know, we're, you know, doing this 11th hour wrinkle for the main event, our biggest match in history. That stuff needs to be done at mm-hmm. this point. I'm sorry. That's just how I believe to be. So to draw on the Titanic reference, Kyle, what you're saying is the captain should have gone down with his ship on this night. We should have been rid of Eric Bischoff after this disaster. Would the company have been better off for it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, because it. Uh, we'll get to it at the end. It just proved one thing that he just, well, like a couple things. One, that he was forever hitched to Hogan, and and two, he just was incapable of of leading and motivating the troops and organization. Yeah. show is so disorganized. Yeah. All right. So the opening match is for the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. You got Eddie Guerrero defending against Dean Malenko, and there's some more drama with this match because Malenko's wife was, her due date was right around the time of the show. And Malenko kind of, you know, made it known that it he didn't he didn't want to work the show, and they had some backup plans in place, like Ray Mysterio, who, too. Yeah, uh, Ray Mysterio, who is shown in the crowd, he's there all night in the crowd along with all the other WCW, I won't say stars wrestlers because you do have Disco Inferno there, but he <laughs> got yeah wrestlers I, in the crowd all over the place. I, I'll just say this: I thought it was a nice touch having them out there because it sort of conveys the importance. Of the, uh, you know, the night. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I did put in my notes, first line, Glenn Gilberti is a fucking loser. I got a, I got a note about that, too, because when Eddie comes down to the ring and he, he stares to his left at the wrestlers in the crowd, he gives this look of disgust right at Disco Inferno. And I wrote, boy, that Eddie Guerrero was ahead of his time. Yeah, must have li- <laughs> he must have somehow been able to listen to podcasts in the future. <laughs> right yeah so uh yeah but so that was the controversy so they said you know mysterio could step in for him uh but then as we're going to talk about there's other